Hi guys, welcome to Jules and Phoebe, the bi-weekly pop culture and social commentary podcast brought to you by yours truly, Jules and Phoebe. Hey Phoebe, how are you? Hello, I'm very well. I'm feeling very festive. How are you this evening? I'm good. Cannot wait for the Christmas break. Oh my gosh, I know. I'm so tired. Like I'm actually, I've had a very long year and I'm ready to rest. You've actually, actually, when you think about it, this is your first Christmas as a, a married couple. have you got any like traditions that you're looking to put in place for your first christmas not really i just (laughs) i love the idea of putting things do you know that where you take something that maybe you like from your family or that your partner likes from theirs and then or you just think oh this is what i've always wanted to do on a christmas morning for example okay no and you get to make that your thing no no i'm hoping those things happen organically we don't have like a oh let's do this on christmas morning oh let's do that oh okay we're gonna have like our own christmas on christmas eve as a couple and then go see my family on christmas day Mm -hmm. but that's all i planned so far i'm just trying to plan some day trips around like the christmas week so i'd like to go to blenheim palace because they've got their lights they've got like amazing like festive lights and a bunch of things that we want to do together but like i'm not the kind of person that's like oh let's do this on christmas morning <laughs> oh i fully am <laughs> i fully I'm actually, am unfortunately I'm like... not that person yet it <laughs> might come but like not that person yet i've never been allowed to do it because ultimately like we've never had a christmas just myself and charles but i'm desperate to be like a, oh we just woke up you know with some fluffy white dressing gowns and then we had a really like i want to be in like an incredible hotel do you know like almost like Hogwarts where we're in the mountains just surrounded by snow champagne reception kind of thing but we're not at that point just yet so you're going to spend Christmas day where we'll be up in Manchester with my in-laws okay and then so I will be there 24th 25th 26th and then on the 27th I am back in London because I am volunteering with crisis this Christmas okay nice which is my first Christmas doing it I'll be in North London. So if anybody else who's listening is also going to be in North London over Christmas volunteering with Crisis, maybe we'll run into each other. But basically, I know quite a few people who do it, who have done it like for the past six, seven years. And you know, when you just think, oh, you know what? I could make excuses for the rest of my life about Mm. like, oh, next year, I think I'm going to give that a go. And it was so easy to sign up. So I'm quite looking forward to to Mm. that as a different experience. That's really nice people are in crisis in the uk mm-hmm. like yeah. it's good that you're actually giving your time so i don't know if it's because when i'm coming to record the podcast the train that i'm on which is a hammersmith and city line there's always like people getting on the train begging is it easy really? to get on that train line I don't because know. this doesn't really happen on the central line which is my regular line right okay but then today again a homeless guy was like on the train being oh, like I'm homeless God. and you know some lady gave him some money and it's like people just seem to be in a very tough in dire straits i mean yeah we tough would, tough time we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge obviously our last episode we were talking about the lead up to the general election in the uk we'd be remiss if we did not acknowledge that that was an overwhelming conservative victory and boris johnson is now our prime minister sorry i'm looking at you well he was before but is our now our prime minister for the next five years Obviously, it is the will of the people, and that is what a democratic society looks like. <laughs> um, but there is a very, uh, you know, an overwhelming case that people who are 
in socioeconomic financial difficulty who are in basically the danger zone in terms of being on the poverty line will potentially hopefully not but are are very likely to suffer under this government so well i don't think it's really just people in the poverty line like for me people saying because i i had some friends over on on saturday went to see some friends on friday had some friends over on saturday so there was a lot of like Mm. what do you think about the election blah 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 and i think i mean i was thinking it was going to be a hung parliament oh I because on my instagram like I guess it's just like the people that I follow, but everyone's like, "Yeah, get on vote," and it's like, yeah, yeah. it's like for the um, for the many, not the yeah, few. And I was like, "Yes, pow, pow, pow." Mm-hmm. I'm for the many as well. And then like, <laughs> wake up, and it's like landslide Tory victory, right? I know. Um, but what shocked the, me no, since but, Thatcher, it hasn't since been since Thatcher, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what was shocking for me? What really, really stunned me and left me flabbergasted was the fact that, you know, Tory victories in Wales and Tory victories in places like Derby. Austerity, was that not enough for you? Of course, you've spent the last nine years. Longer, really, if you... I mean, I don't particularly consider Tony Blair to be a a Labour prime minister as such. He was centrist more than anything else. But you've spent the last nine years in austerity. Do you believe that a Conservative government... Has your best interests at heart? I perhaps you do. But what we've learnt, what I've learned from this election, it just shows you like how powerful nationalism is. Mm-hmm. So this isn't even about like their, their economic situation. They just they don't want to be in the EU, and that's what it is. So for me, it's like you can't talk about the NHS and talk about you know the economy and things like that. No, it's like course. I'm done with the EU. I don't want to be in the EU. Get me out of the EU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I accept that now. No, of course. And yeah, it's, hey, anyway, I know that we discussed this at length in our most recent episode, but I just, I know that it's important for us to acknowledge or as a follow up, obviously. But I found it interesting because you posted something on Instagram and then you were like, oh, I could see why LGBTQ people of color want to mourn this election. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I'm like, not really. Like, I don't think this election has I mean this election actually doesn't like impact me like I live in London I have a degree I make decent money and it's like I feel people really need to start acknowledging the white working class in this country and what what their needs are because it's like they're the ones that are actually going to be affected by this more than anyone no but I think that like I mean you're you're right in your anecdotal evidence there but what i would say as well is that when we're when you're talking about you know you basically said it yourself it shows the power of white nationalism or british nationalism and so yeah but as as somebody who's a person of color let me put myself in that that box right as an immigrant or like as a child from an immigrant family in this country you know i i think it's a bit of a distraction sometimes to focus on like say oh like people of color like how this is going to affect people of color like yes there are people from different minority groups in this country but there's also a huge white working class population in this country that are basically ignored if you live in the uk and you live in an urban city Mm -hmm. there's more opportunity in an urban city and i hope this election makes liberals really wake up to the fact that there's a disconnect between people on the left and and the white working class in this country there's a disconnect no i agree but i guess that the issue there is also that that 
say white working class has really been mobilized by the conservative by the right wing to otherize then immigrants to this country and it's like oh they're taking your job as opposed to a conservative government for example having to ever take any responsibility for creating jobs yeah. for creating a living wage and i guess that i mean again my opinion as a a white middle class woman would be that you could understand how or i i can imagine how it must feel to know that people who voted for this government voted for this result now feel empowered in their racism in their disregard i mean again i'm not someone who feels that they know enough about trans rights and the lgbtq plus mm. community and what that legislation looks like under boris but i do know that a couple of the trans activists that i follow have said you know this is a very worrying time for us in terms of then what maybe the nhs looks like the privatization or potential privatization of that nhs looks like and the navigation then of whatever hormone replacement therapy or whatever process you may be going through yeah i just think that there's something that people who consider themselves liberal are missing in this mm -hmm. election because people who are i don't i can't speak about like lgbtqi mm -hmm. specifically but i'm sure there are members of the lgbtqi community that vote conservative right yeah, there are members of the black community that vote conservative especially the older generation mm -hmm. so when we think about what's driving people to vote conservative i think we have to i think it's more nuanced oh, than yeah, just no, like the nationalism message i feel like n nationalism is very very powerful and it's clearly playing a big part but it wasn't just that that made people vote conservative mm -hmm. and if people who consider themselves liberal don't try to understand the nuances then there's no way that they're going to have an impact in terms of yeah their message like i just think that when i look at this election there are loads of black people that vote conservative don't like have a similar thing don't like jeremy corbyn yeah but also when i think about this from you know as, from a oh you know people of color perspective it's like people of color keep keeping on and like moving on yeah, and yeah, yeah. and getting it done and have lived in a lot more threatening circumstances so it's like you know what guys those of us who consider ourselves for the many not the few let's try and be a bit humble and try to like understand what's going on here because when i look at people in wales and derby i feel like, i feel like my world has really been turned upside down yeah 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 and i think it's really really sad no, I absolutely agree, and I, I. But the thing is, what's what's disheartening is that because I just think that if you're from an urban, if you live in an urban place, you know, you, a we, lot of, we live in a metropolitan. We live bubble. in a metropolitan bubble, like wealth distribution disproportionately to the south, disproportionately concentrated in London, where like we're based. Do you mm -hmm. see what I mean? And I think it's so sad that like Labour just don't appeal to its natural base anymore. No, and it is so true. I think that what part of what's sad. But what's for me, interesting? Okay, oh, you say what's sorry. sad, and I say what's interesting. <laughs> I think what's sad is that, like, in the lead up to that election, you know, it was you had to be willing to look for the information because, and I hate to sound like a fucking. I've said it before. I know I have a predisposition to put on a little tinfoil cap, but when we talked about things like the the mainstream media having such an anti-Corbyn twist to it yeah when we talked about things like 35 percent of children in the UK live in poverty we talk about one in 200 p 
people in England are homeless. Yeah, exactly. 9,000 people slept rough in London last year. Nurses in the NHS using food banks, you know, food banks themselves being on the rise. All of this kind of, this evidence basically of something needing to change, but actually we voted for more of the same. So I do like that guy, Keir Starmer. Oh yes, yeah, 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 I know the name. I know that they want they want like some right wing like Labour person to come in, but yeah, I do like Keir Starmer, so I really hope it makes a window for him. What I'm waiting to see is Nicola Sturgeon just like <laughs> battle like, it out. We out, <laughs> literally. That's what I'm waiting for. She's is the person I admire the most. Meme. Yeah, no. I am gonna head out. So. <laughs> she's like, see ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. She's the one. Like I'm like. 2020 is her year mm. she is not playing games but you know but like i've spoken to tory people and they really hate her <laughs> for one um i admire her i think she's got the, like the interest her. of scotland and the scottish people like at heart like she's just mm-hmm. committed uh to what she thinks is best for scotland um i think she's got a mandate too so let's see how it goes down duh, duh, duh. but my my takeaway from this election great be for the many that's nice but like take care of yourself take care of your family mm-hmm. <laughs> do Jeez, you i mean do you yeah. sign up for your company healthcare if they have it while you can Make i just sure want to you get health care yeah while we are kind of on that and i think this kind of segues nicely to what we're going to talk about today i just wanted to give out a shout out to to someone i know a woman called jessica jessica anderson who was invited to downing street today basically as a thank you to nhs staff and she put this up on her instagram and i'm just going to read it out so jess firstly is an incredible athlete um but she's also uh, a senior sister in the nhs and basically she responded to this this invitation to downing street saying thank you for the invitation but i will not be able to come to tea this afternoon if mr johnson genuinely wants to show gratitude to nhs staff he should acknowledge the incredible strain that the service is under instead of blithely promising an extra fifty thousand nurses perhaps he could be a bit more honest about the fact that the current crisis in recruitment and retention of nursing staff has been largely fueled by conservative policies namely the scrapping of nursing bursaries and the introduction Mm. of harsher immigration rules Yours sincerely, Jessica Anderson. And I just thought that was really cool. And I just wanted to to shout that out because I just saw that this afternoon. And it is not always straightforward or pleasant to call out something like going to Downing Street, I'm sure would be really nice. I'm sure. Would it? Why would it be nice? Well, I'm never going to get to set foot in Downing Street. And? (laughs) I would quite like to. But I think to say, actually, I'm going to stand by my principles on this one, like you need to good for her yeah like absolutely i feel like if you work for the nhs if you're a nurse or anyone anyone doctor anybody working porter whatever working mm-hmm. for the nhs right a lot of the time if people stay with the nhs a long time it's a vocation yeah it's it's a calling essentially because the conditions are really not great and i think what's happening to the nhs is disgraceful mm-hmm. um i don't i don't think we're grateful enough to have the nhs yes it's it's really sad and it's 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 also interesting because you do meet you know people are brett they have brexit fatigue you know yeah they don't course. want to talk about politics but i'm like guys like the world we live in yeah you have <laughs> to unfortunately um it's very difficult to avoid it 100 percent mm-hmm I just don't understand. <laughs> no, I know. I, I agree. 
Um, but, but Corbin, I, honestly, you know, messed up, you know, and he does have to resign now. It's yeah, like, we tried, I know. but it's like, you have to go. I have a real soft spot for him, so I feel bad about the whole thing. But Yeah, because you have to adapt to the world that we we live in. You have to communicate your message clearly. Mm-hmm. You need to win. You definitely can't do as bad, you know, in 100 years of labor. Like, this is unacceptable now. Yeah. Like, you have no, to go. No, of course. And I just hope that somebody comes in that's more compelling. Yes, no, I agree. My borough, Hammersmith, winning. <laughs> winning. Were you all Labour? Yeah, we are. Yeah, winning. Yeah, yeah. But then most of London is. Like, we're in a... We're in that... Is your borough Labour? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> like, we, we did a... <laughs> a couple of years ago, we did a brief interlude where we swapped to Lib Dem, immediately regretted it, and then Catherine West was straight back in there the following Lib Dem just got demolished. <laughs> The Lib Dems got so, so demolished, like <laughs> demolished that, you know, Labour definitely had it bad, but like Lib Dems got absolutely oh, yeah, demolished. No, they got destroyed. Did you see, I, sorry, no, actually, I'm going to leave that because we're then I was about to go oh. down an avenue of like referring to, oh, did you see that internet clip of Nicola Sturgeon finding out that Joe Swinson had lost her I seat? I saw that. Which, guys, if you Nicola haven't Sturgeon seen Nicola Sturgeon is a boss. It's really worth Googling. Like, yeah. She... I think she knew she the cameras were on her. With her royal she blue. didn't give a shit. She <laughs> heard that Joe Swinson lost her seat and like was clapping her hands, yeah. threw her head back and laughed. But she lost it to SNP. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, <laughs> but is she from Scotland? No, I don't think so. I think, oh, I don't know. I I don't want to... Anyway, Lib Dems got demolished. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the end of that. Awful. I really hope that Labour takes the time to like really really think and reconnect with its its base yeah its mm-hmm. northern base or its outside london base i think something is really going on like people like boris and people like trump seem to know how to engage with people who can be swayed by nationalism yeah and i just don't think that like liberal people do it well no, I think that it is too easy because invariably, you know, big cities, those and metropolitan aunties, African bubbles. aunties and uncles, they just have no time for Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> so it's like leave, leave my granddad so alone. So it's it's interesting, and I, I I hope that this this is analysed, and I hope that in five years there's a change. That's all I can hope mm-hmm. for because it's very rare that you could be in power. How long has it been? Ten, twelve years, and then win an, win an election. Yeah. This is incredibly That's true. Like, even just rare. in terms of maximum. But then, to be honest, in the past three years, we've had David Cameron, Theresa May, now Boris Johnson. Yeah, like, it's not like change, I guess. It's <laughs> different people. Yeah, yeah. People have been like, oh, yeah, I voted for a new government. It's like, no, it's, it's still the Conservatives, you guys. With that in mind, we'll put a pin in that. Thanks for bearing with us, everyone. Just had to do a recap. <laughs> Well, I mean, I know my festive news. My people, I've, I've, I'm, I follow on Instagram. Take this stuff very seriously. People are quite down. Oh no, absolutely! <laughs> I was so depressed. People are quite down. And then my husband said to me, "Listen, we got to become Tories so we can just wake up after an election and feel, I feel happy. good. <laughs> I feel good." My husband woke up and he was like, "We need some Tory friends, Jules." Yeah, yeah. He's like, "What's this? If you are a Tory and you want to be friends with us, please." <laughs> He was like, he, he, he was like, please. We need to get closer to the sphere of influence. I was like, I don't know. Those I don't people. know what it feels like. Yeah. I actually did say I've been very fortunate because I I worked with the London Irish Abortion Rights Committee when the 
reproductive rights kind of campaign or a referendum was going on in Ireland to um, create access to abortion. Mm. That was a landslide victory. Over two thirds of the country voted (laughs) in favour of repealing that legislation so that women could have free, safe, legal access to abortion. And that was such a good feeling to wake up. I'm like, God, be great. The taste of victory. Is this what the Tories feel like all the time? No, they've definitely Um, got to feel good. But honestly, and we we spoke about on our love podcast in terms of people just voting like with their aspirations. Mm -hmm. Britain does have the lowest numeracy and literacy. Mm-hmm. in in europe i think that that impacts how people digest information yeah um, well also the the information that's made available to them with that in mind do you know what yeah, I mean? yeah very like easily um if you keep defunding education da, 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 da. the cycle of yeah. poverty <laughs> it just, <laughs> it's incredible it's all it all seems to be linked julia it's all linked but yeah but another thing in the news that whole is her name caroline flack or Caroline Flack. This feels like it's only just happened, even though I think it happened in the past couple of days. Um, yeah, so the the host of Love Island. Mm-hmm, who was actually the host of X Factor. I don't have a television anymore, but when I did have a television, I watched a lot of television. Okay, I didn't know um, her until Love Island. Listen. But I know she's big. She's big. She's big. Yeah. She's the presenter of Love Island. Basically, she's in the news at the moment because she there was... An altercation. I don't believe she was arrested, but I could be wrong in saying that. But basically, there was an altercation where she was charged she, with assault. So she was she was, she was arrested. Oh, was she arrested? She okay. was charged. So um, she must have been taken in somewhere, well, or had, a statement must have been taken because she was charged with assault she for was domestic violence, physically assaulting. Yeah, her partner with a lamp, I believe. Mm. Supposedly, when texts to other women were found on his phone. Now, off the back of that, you know. People have been tweeting hashtag abuse is no gender. I, f- I believe one of her other exes, her ex fiance, tweeted a picture of a redacted NDA mm. again with the hashtag abuse has no gender or domestic abuse has no gender mm. or something like that. So, you know, I think on this podcast we try to avoid using the term cancelled, but she has stepped down from Love Island, the winter edition, which was due to air i think in january listen you've just said that you didn't you weren't familiar with her or you didn't know about her until uh love island so it may be news to you that a 31 year old i think caroline flack hooked up with a 17 year old harry styles when he first came yeah, on the scene but i know that so just kind of like vaguely i know that she was dating harry styles mm-hmm. and i know she seems to have a, a thing for younger I mean, guys. yes, but that's young. No, Fucking but that's, hell. No, but, 70, I mean, that's inappropriate. I'm not saying that you're justifying it, but like, so weird that that happened. And very little was made of that in the media. But what's... I mean... Do you not think that that's so strange? I feel like if what, that were the other... 17 and 31? 17 and 31, You think if it was a 31-year-old man, man and a 17-year-old woman? Oh, woman. I think people would be losing their minds. I don't think so. Do you not think... That happens all the time. I think what usually happens, you're just aging into Leonardo DiCaprio's sweet spot. It's kind of, yeah, like... You're trying to catch you around the 18-year-old mind. Yeah, I don't think Um, that, like, a 17 is legal, age of consent, right? I know, but geez... I mean, it's not, it's weird. I just know her for being a bit strange and um, having, like, a really up-and-down personal life. So maybe she has some, like, personal issues. Potentially, I did see as well that her 
partner or ex-partner now i'm not sure if they're still together Mm. but basically tweeted or released a statement saying that this was essentially a witch hunt to which a lot of against her against her no she's really no this is her personal life there's always something going on you know and also if he's now the guy that was assaulted is coming out and sticking up for her Mm -hmm. that's like classic abuse (laughs) no absolutely codependency is very real that's like as an aside on that you know if it is the case that you are in a situation like that. There are helplines and, and people that you can reach Well, out I think to it's good that she's been suspended or let go. Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree. Actually, I think what's interesting is in the statement that she released, she's basically said, oh, I love the show so much. I don't want to detract from the show. So I've decided to step down or step away from the next season, whatever. You got fired. Yeah, but I mean, I think in terms of the actual like domestic violence... If it was a man that had assaulted his girlfriend oh, with a lamp, like with a people lamp. would be yes, up absolutely. in arms about that, right? So mm-hmm. I think it's important to take domestic violence, regardless of gender, very seriously. And, you know, well done to them because Love Island is so problematic. <laughs> well done to them for like letting her go because Sorry. I wouldn't be surprised if they just didn't care. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. I'm not laughing at the idea that that she wouldn't have been let go but i'm laughing at the idea that you're right love island is so problematic and even they recognized that this was a pr disaster speaking of pr disasters Mm. gabrielle union oh yeah that's definitely like a pr disaster for america's got talent i think that she's really played this incredibly well yeah and Gabrielle Union, I think, is really kind of coming into her own and, Mm -hmm. like, using her platform for good. Mm -hmm. I really loved how, you know, she was having, like, fertilization, like, issues. They had their baby. Her and her husband, Dwayne Wade, had their baby through a surrogate. Like, she was really open just about those things, you know, that... I think she had nine miscarriages or something. She definitely she? had a lot. I, don't, I can't remember the exact number, but she suffered from a lot of miscarriages mm-hmm. and they eventually decided to have their baby through a surrogate. So, mm-hmm. And I just I just thought it was great that she was very, very open about that. And recently she joined America's Got Talent, Simon Cowell's show, blah, blah, blah. And then she basically just came out and said some of the workplace behavior and culture was very toxic. So this was just before Thanksgiving. I don't know, in case you guys haven't caught this, just before Thanksgiving, which obviously in terms of news cycles, big stories that people are trying to hide will invariably launch, like, you know, on the Friday of a long weekend or the Friday evening, either way. So Mm. they'll miss basically the publications and the people who might be checking online publications while they're at work will hopefully miss things. And then by the time Monday's news cycle comes around, it will be old news, that kind of a thing. But it was announced that she had signed up for her first year's contract with America's Got Talent with the option of renewing for two more years. Just before Thanksgiving, America's Got Talent, or AGT, as I'm going to refer to them from now on, because that's too much of a mouthful, announced that she would not be staying on. She was moving on to other projects or whatever. But yeah, as you said, Juliet, then I think Variety basically released an article saying that the reason that she was let go was because she complained and made complaints about basically glaring issues in the the toxic culture of america's got talent yeah and good for her yeah oh my god like good for her i think it takes a lot of guts so yeah some like you know racially charged like jokes were made and oh yeah loads of like comments about like her hair yes being saying her hair was too black black. yes (laughs) or she was looking too black 
and just loads of notes on just like what she needed to be dressing like and what she needed to be doing her hair like and then also just like yeah you know simon cow just like smoking and you know indoors and like being which is wild because i'm sorry it's it's nearly 2020 it's 2019 who is still smoking inside i know that that's almost I mean, like the gross. most trivial it's really really gross but it's really all about like power and yeah. if you look at america's got talent simon cow and the other guy whatever the other guy i actually is, have never watched american america's guy anyway they've oh okay i actually no no it's not it's okay. not you're thinking about i'm thinking about american X-Factor idol or american or, idol yeah, i'm so american sorry <laughs> yeah but anyway like simon cow and the other male on the show have been on the show forever right right? they do not replace the male host on that show okay but then Uh, like um sharon osborne booted out like the women heavy rotation and just like kicking out Mm -hmm. of like female hosts on that show fresh right keeping it fresh apparently Mm -hmm. and sharon osborne came out and was just like listen it's always been a boys club like it's always been a bad culture i helped build that show and i was never recognized for it how mad that Simon Cowell would still have a place on that table because when you think about so this was the other but thing but it's his show no I know but you know what I mean like in a pop culture world mm. he's not relevant anymore uh, Simon Cowell's why, pretty relevant but the viewership of AGT has been in steady decline yeah definitely I think the format is not interesting to people anymore no for sure yeah and so basically since Gabrielle Union had come on her social media engagement yeah, had been highest. so on point yeah that despite viewing ratings kind of, as I said, being in steady decline, the engagement that the AGT social media had and Gabrielle Union social media had, you know, had doubled basically. And AGT's social media following had doubled over 50% of that. Obviously it's very difficult to drill down on actual figures and be Mm. like, this is how many followers were down to Gabrielle Union alone. But like, over 50% of that doubling was due to Gabrielle Union. So... Yeah, but that's why. She's knowing those numbers, it's like, okay, cool. Why was she let go? It yeah, must be absolutely. because they felt like she was just like angry black woman, mm-hmm. rough, you know, shaking the table at work. And I think, you know, we're all in those situations where, you know, you see things at work that are inappropriate and you don't feel empowered to say something to say something and so obviously gabriel union is a lot more seasoned in her career but still that doesn't mean that you take a stand and so i give her a lot of credit for yes. having the courage to take a stand because it does affect your reputation mm-hmm. when people see you as someone that calls out things that are not right well and also but to that point so right, she's if, still putting her career she's you putting know, her career on the line but yeah. also like to that point before we even get to this stage before we get to the stage where gabrielle union's been asked to leave or they've decided not to renew her contract or whatever terms you want to put it in like let's look at a couple of the examples here of things that she's complained about so one of the things i as i said i don't watch agt but I, i've been reading about this because i'm interested in it yeah but a lot of people don't watch that show but know who gabriel union is and like her exactly so, so it's, it's so crazy like one of the things was that jay leno who american comedian old as the fucking hills whatever was at simon cowell's house he sees a picture i think of like uh, was it four dogs or something like that he makes a statement like oh this is like the food menu at a vietnamese restaurant Gabrielle Union immediately flags it. She's like, no, can't be in this show. That is racist. Guess what? She is fucking helping you. 
she is helping you by you not putting that on air yeah there's this whole back and forth whatever eventually they agree to pull that part from the show there's another bit there's a performer on america's got talent who is impersonating various artists he starts blacking up when he is playing beyonce and what does that mean as in like paint excuse me i'm so sorry i've used like a such a flippant term there but he starts physically painting his hands black so that he can represent beyonce i guess as a black woman as he's impersonating oh, i didn't even her. know about that That's so- again gabrielle union flags it she's like no way this cannot be in the show it's racist <laughs> a lot Duh. of back and forth yeah Duh. right like no shit yeah a lot of back and forth they eventually agree to cut it out so even before we get to the point where as you said gabrielle union's being perceived as this like angry black woman guys she's helping you yeah for sure she's using her capital to make sure that you don't get absolute shit thrown at you yeah by people on social media by publications whatever by being like wow look at how tone deaf america's got talent really is yeah but also i think they got the wrong person in the sense that they clearly wanted like more diversity on the panel Mm -hmm. so they're like oh let's bring in gabrielle union you know people like her she's opinionated let's bring her in box ticked and then it realize you know she is not somebody that's just going to be happy to sit at the table Mm. and so i really love that i love that i love the fact that they just thought okay tick let's bring gabrielle union let's give her this this money you know she's mm-hmm. gonna play ball with us and she came in and she was like i'm not i'm not gonna play ball with well, you guys yeah. they let the other girl go as well yes they let the I other mean, host sh- other female host go julianne hoff yeah so they let her go too but i mean i don't really know what that was about but i really just admire how gabrielle union has handled this situation I truly think that probably NBC, the studio, the network, whatever, that produce AGT thought that this was going to go away. And then what obviously happened is it hasn't gone away. You've also got white actresses like Ellen Pompeo, Deborah Messing. Deborah Messing, for example, who was actually on Will and Grace, which is an NBC network show, being like, this is absolutely unacceptable. And... I think Ellen Pompeo, who is Meredith Grey on Grey's Anatomy for anybody else who Mm. watched that show for like 10 fucking years like myself and then was like, oh my God, they're killing too many people. I have to have a break from this. But nevertheless, she's got a soft spot Mm. in my heart. She was like, no surprises that NBC, the same network that covered up for Matt Lauer, Lauer? thank you, you know, would pull a stun like this, basically. Yeah, it's absolutely no surprise. I think the studios do have a lot of power. But I but think they have I, it's less interesting. Than they thought. Less than they thought, and I think you know, especially with like streaming, with like Netflix, and just like other, um, mm-hmm. just there's just other ways to like get your content out there now. And I mean, it's listen, interesting the to kids, see what will happen next. The kids are not watching America's Got Talent out of anything other than like, oh, this is just a nice routine with family. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think that that. I mean, the show is is is. I mean, the number show it's not as relevant, but I think. If you go into a workplace where the people that are the most powerful are disrespectful, that causes so much stress. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that situation, most of us like wish there was someone who did have influence that would like stick up for us, you know. No, and course. so I think that's why this story has gone viral because people can relate to that and yeah. they can relate to being in a, in a work environment where 
you know, they were made to feel small made to feel or... small made to feel inferior like made to feel uncomfortable i think we can all kind of relate to that in one Absolutely. way or the other and so gabriel union has definitely ended up on top so far with this story and so let's just see how how it develops absolutely and what i would say as well is when you're saying like everybody's been in this situation everyone's also been in that situation where something happens and you think I really don't want to have to call this out. Like, it is not pleasant having to be like, that was problematic, that's not okay. And when we talk about Gabrielle Union doing it, I mean, it may come as a surprise to you guys, but I don't actually know her. Mm. Um, But like, I'm sure that it wasn't just a flip of the switch, like, oh no, absolutely, absolutely not. Like, take that out of the show, it shouldn't be in there. But she said herself, she was in a panel towards the end of last week, and obviously she was asked about it and she never mentioned AGT by name, but I'm just going to read a little quote from her here where she was basically asked about being a leader in the workplace. I'm conscious that this is the second time that I'm reading somebody else's words. I'm like, oh my God, Audible, are you hiring? But she basically said, do your best to try and hold the door open and hold people responsible. Yeah, I'm asking you to do the impossible. I'm fully aware that job loss is on the table, but if you're not doing it, nobody is. How many checks do I need? This financial freedom, their shackles masquerading as zeros in my bank account. There are a lot of people who are only interested in filling their own plate. I can't enjoy my food if everybody else is starving. Also, though, she's right in the sense that Gabriel Union got, has got that money, that shmoney, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and some people with that money or with any kind of influence, like they still don't use it for others. But mm-hmm. I think my key lesson is like, definitely you know work towards putting yourself in a situation where you can live by your values yeah you know and you i mean i would love to be that person that it's like i see something and i'm like i call it out yeah well actually there was a an interesting kind of parallel like not quite the same thing i don't know if you ever watched one tree hill i remember the show but i don't remember watching it oh god anyway right long story short one of the actresses on that hillary burton probably doesn't act that much anymore But kind of tangentially, Hallmark in the US, who have the Hallmark channel, who do all of like the soppy Christmas (laughs) channels. Blah, blah, blah. I'm I'm explaining it to people who maybe don't know, but they have a Christmas channel where, or like they have a Okay, we all know the Hallmark channel. You say that. We've got listeners all over the place. They can use Google. Anyway, right. Long story short, Hallmark got in shit this week because an advertiser with them, Zola. Oh, I heard about this. Right. But can you explain the Zola? Because I heard there's something happened Oh my God. Zola. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so basically, Zola are an app, a wedding service, and the idea is that you can use them to help organize your wedding. And the premise of these ads, I've not seen them obviously. Was it like, with the lesbian ad that got taken off? Yes. So Hallmark took it off. Hallmark had six of these Zola ads running the majority of which were heterosexual couples but a couple of whom were same-sex couples the Facebook group one million mums whatever I'm sure you guys have heard of that is like a right-wing conservative parent group who are concerned with the proliferation of the gay agenda basically in mainstream media complained about an ad where two women were seen kissing and getting married hallmark then pulled the ad so far so fucking basic hillary burton then who was on one tree hill 
shared a story where she had been filming a Hallmark Christmas movie and as part of her kind of negotiation package she was like cool I would like it to be you know I'd like there to be some LGBTQ plus representation in the film I would like there to be a little bit of diversity in terms of the cast that we're working with I don't want to just work with an all-white cast she was the lead in this particular film and Hallmark came back to her and said take it or leave it and basically she said in this story I am so fortunate that my husband works Mm. and that I was in a position to say well I'm gonna leave it and I'm gonna walk away from this I'm so cognizant of the fact that that isn't the reality for a lot of people but as and when you can pretty much as you're saying as and when you can try to flex that muscle yeah and it's really important and that those are like big big wins for them like being able to have an impact in like a meaningful way mm-hmm. right because eventually hallmark have to change yeah because i mean this is not the world that we live in anymore i mean the although group, hallmark is older conservative people yeah, watching but the group one million mums has literally four thousand members in it so yeah so you should definitely be there's ignoring. only four thousand there's only four thousand there's not one million members yeah but i'm group. sure they got loads of complaints Oh, I'm sure. Well, I mean, 4,000 yeah. complaints well, is probably If I think enough, about Hallmark, right? yeah, I'm sure they got loads of complaints about that. But so what? Like, the world is definitely changing. Like, you have For to... Sure. The people need to be represented. But I think in terms of, you know, like, I always try to ha- be a positive, like, really have a positive impact in my own ecosystem. So even, like, when I'm working with people, if I see, like, they're being excluded or just, like, just being left out for whatever reason, I try to, like always include people and always just be quite open-minded and sensitive to other people mm-hmm. so somebody at work once was like oh something something my husband and I was like okay and then he said oh like you're the only person that I've come out to in the company and I'm like oh, really we're in quite yeah. like a liberal like environment he's like yeah I don't feel like you know I can talk to people about my personal life I think is what he said but I thought you know what Jules like good for you because you want to just have presence that puts people at ease i don't want mm-hmm. people to feel they can't be themselves around me no you know what i mean in, in a professional context so there's little things that you could do to be a positive influence in the environment that you're in and use the privilege that you have like i'm not like i'm a heterosexual person like that comes with a level of privilege i never feel i can't say my husband yeah, yeah, or yeah, who i'm with ever ever it doesn't cross my mind right yeah. but there are people who don't have that privilege right so People think it's like the big thing, like, yeah, what Gabrielle Union has done is amazing. But like, we all have a little bit of influence, a little bit of privilege, right? And you can use that to take a stand. And it does remind me of like one of our listeners who listened to our podcast when we, we were talking about BAME. And then she went into work and she was like, well, you know, this is not how people who are categorized as BAME like to be categorized. Yeah. Like, I think we need to look into this. You know, we need to change the the labels. You that, know, she she using. used her like influence to go into a team meeting and hopefully like give people a different perspective. So yeah, twenty twenty guys, that add that to your <laughs> add that to yeah. your um realistically your revelation. What, what do you call it? Resolution. Yeah. Resolutions. Resolutions. Like realistically, you are never going to have to make a Gabrielle Union call. Like your no, call no, is people are be bullied smaller. all the time. No. People, I think we really underestimate how awful work is for so many people. No, 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 of course. What I mean is that you're never going to have to be like, 
dealing with a network do you know what i mean like you're going to be coming up with your eco you're coming up against your ecosystem you're thinking very small for our listeners you might have to go against the network (laughs) you might you might have to go against sky gabrielle if you're listening (laughs) (laughs) but but we all have different battles right it's all relative yes no it's true yeah but i guess what i'm what i'm trying to say you are right what i'm trying to say is that like just because you don't feel that that battle or that kind of hurdle that you're coming up against is like huge or monumental, whatever, as I said, it may be. I'll give an example, right? Go. So I was speaking to someone I know and then she started a new, a new job mm-hmm. and she said that everybody on the team was in the work WhatsApp chat and oh, they haven't yeah. added her to the WhatsApp chat. Fuck. Right. And I was like, what? And this is something that's like not making her feel good. Yeah, yeah, She yeah. was really, really feeling like, oh, maybe they don't like me. Why am I not in the WhatsApp chat? And I'm thinking, you're all on the same team. How have How you is not... there no one yeah. that is making sure that you are in that WhatsApp mm-hmm. chat? She's probably the youngest member of that team. Yeah. The newest member of that team. Why isn't somebody looking out for you? Yeah, so that's all of them are in the... Yeah, and it's like, there's always something going on. It's mm-hmm. like... There are ways that people are being made to feel left out. Yeah, for sure. You know, at work or at school or whatever, right? And I think that if you're in that WhatsApp chat, you already have some influence, right? You can message in the chat and be like, why's your number? Yeah, add so-and-so to the chat, like, you know. So there's different ways. It's just, it's really, human behavior is so interesting. People will fall in line Mm -hmm. with bad behavior so quickly. Yeah even if it's against their own values, because they don't want to be excluded or targeted. And I think as well, because the problem is, like, I bet, sweeping statement to make, but I bet so many of the people in that WhatsApp group are like, oh my God, I can't stand that group. Got it on mute. I don't want to know about it. But because they hate it, they don't realize, or because they don't engage with it, for example, they don't realize that it could feel exclusionary to not be in it. So they're just like, I'm not even bothered. I'm not going to think outside myself in this yeah. situ- situation. Yeah. Like, I just heard that and I was like, dude, I would be very upset if I was new to a company. Mm. They all had a WhatsApp group that they would organize stuff on, oh, discuss God. team stuff on. And then people yeah, are like, oh, it was in the like, WhatsApp group, didn't you see? And she's like, but you know, I'm not in the group. Like, what is this? Add me add me to the group it's it's you know these things are cumulative it's like death by a thousand cuts right Mm -hmm. and so yeah you can always help someone out that is very true that's very true so guys this is the end of a decade wow i don't want to put pressure on you phoebe because i know it takes you want to very little for me (laughs) (laughs) like not get into like i'm gonna try i mean jules and i are sitting here on the sofa i'm wearing mismatched socks I think my New Year's resolution is going to be like to get some matching socks. One of my oh socks my has got goodness. a big hole in it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so traumatized. I know. I'm just having a bad week. God. This month has been so busy. So that's where yeah. I'm starting. One of my socks is also, the one with the hole in it is also inside No, but let's start out, with what so. are you leaving in, 20, in 2019? I'll start so you Go, can think. Please. Yeah, can right. You? So one of the things I'm leaving in 2019 do not message me and suggest to make a plan with me that you don't plan to follow through. Mm-hmm. I'm really tired of this. Snip, snip. I just don't like it. Yeah. I really don't like it. And then, you know, it happened to me with a, a friend of mine recently who's like, let's go out for dinner. And then I was like, oh, it's really busy for me right now. Can we do like lunch whenever you're 
around no response and radio silence <laughs> radio silence right for like six weeks or something oh, no. then eventually like i think we were discussing something on instagram so move from whatsapp to instagram then i was like oh by the way like dinner does work now like let me know when you want to meet mm-hmm. up no response oh no and then we were having <laughs> you killed the conversation yeah, and then i killed the conversation and then we're having a conversation on whatsapp maybe you, a couple of weeks later and then i was like by the way like don't worry about dinner like <laughs> it's cool stop. no i was like it's fine no he's like something's like and i was like dude that was uh like don't worry about it and then it was like oh are you upset about something else you know like thinking like maybe i'm like what i'm upset about isn't clearly not big enough right 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 you know but for me everyone is different for me if i say oh phoebe do you want to do something Mm -hmm. i mean it and typically i will come with an option because that's just like how i am and so when you take someone like me who's quite like typically quite proactive like trying to keep in touch with people initiating stuff with people if i have something will always invite people that i consider like my friends yeah you know when you're up against somebody like not getting back to you for like eight weeks oh yeah no i know and i know that like i i think slash hope i never have done eight weeks but i know that sometimes i just like from an anxiety perspective i just get to shut down mode and i can be like and a that's week, i hope completely is the most. fine because i think people get very stressed out mm-hmm. but that's cool don't bring me into it <laughs> yeah, like i'm not yeah, yeah. I'm really leaving this in 2019. Mm-hmm. Leave it, yeah. Leave so it that's in the left teens. into 2019, right? What are you bringing? I have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> my husband. <laughs> well, I'm definitely bringing my husband into 2019. I'm taking my husband, into, sorry, to 2020. Um, no, no, no. But I think it's important to like reflect mm-hmm. on like what's done well and what's taking up too much energy for me. Mm-hmm. And I think like sustaining relationships Mm -hmm. with people who don't bring the same level of effort Mm -hmm. is such a big drain yeah you have to look at it like from if you're somebody who like makes no effort and sees people when they see people Mm -hmm. that's like completely fine yeah but when you're somebody who like tries to bring people together makes an effort with people and then you know and have, it's thankless and it's like thankless and it's like so much work it's like that's just like my big thing that i'm dropping like i'm yeah. not doing that and i'm just matching energy now okay going forward because i'm i don't i don't know if it's i don't i don't know what it is that drives me where i'm always like initiating <laughs> <laughs> but other people don't seem to have the energy to initiate where people talk about like this being the end of a decade and like oh we're going into the the roaring 20s now yeah remember that so much organic growth has happened for you over the past 10 years mm. just without you even realizing it like when people are like oh this is me at the beginning of the decade and obviously it's always just an excuse to be like i got lip fillers i got a nose job look <laughs> at how ugly i was and i look great now and i'm just like oh unfortunately face is still pretty much the same but you know hit me up in the 30s but i was 18 when this decade started so i would hope that like the steps i've made in terms of you know prioritizing mental health whatever taking care and nurturing friendships nurturing myself asserting myself when needs be Hmm. i want to continue to also nurture those behaviors in yeah. the coming decade because at the end of this decade i'm going to be 30 oh 
30 no yeah 38 <laughs> i was like no that's too old it can't be it can't be that but at the end of the coming <clears throat> the next me, decade yeah. the next decade i will be 38 and so hopefully i can then be like oh wow there's still space to grow there's still space to learn there's still yeah there's always know. space to grow i think the biggest learn that i've had this year I, d- I don't like looking at things like over the decade but i can look at it over the year but i think the biggest thing that i'm taking into 2020 is really just like owning who i am i have mm-hmm. such a clear i've always had a really clear understanding of who i am but like now i'm at a point where i have a lot of clarity mm-hmm. like around who i am i have a lot of clarity around what i can give Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of clarity around like what my limitations are as a person because we all have like our limits. Yeah, of course. And so, you know, I do think it's like I saw it actually a meme on it on, on Instagram. And I and basically yeah, basically the meme was saying that it is it's really toxic to do things for people that they would not do for you. Mm-hmm. that's actually toxic mm-hmm. behavior and yeah. that's been like oh, one of like my patterns of behavior absolute side eye to me because you're worse you're worse <laughs> i can't even get into you right but like that's something that i realized and so i'm going forward like i'm really happy that i can understand like, my own toxic behavior and like really like reel myself in mm-hmm. because you're just setting yourself up for for failure. Dis- failure and like disappointment when you do things like that and yeah, so i really learned how to like set boundaries mm-hmm. and now the people that i have like in my life that i speak to like do replenish me yes yeah yeah the time spent with them is it's actually quite replenishing whereas yeah. i would go and, like catch up with people give my time give my time give my time and, like be drained because i'm constantly helping them out yeah 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 like emotionally like helping them out and i'm like oh my days what about me (laughs) yes you know so that has been like such a key learning but it takes intention yes there's organic growth but i have to really be aware like i'll see someone i'll see how i can help them but then i'm like but jules did they they didn't ask you yeah yeah (laughs) you to be like mind your own business (laughs) yeah yeah mind your own business if somebody wants your help they'll ask you Mm mm-hmm and if somebody wants to see you, they'll message you mm-hmm. and they'll make a plan. No, for sure. And that's life. But- that's life. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say as well, like, I mean, I feel so fortunate with the, the people I'm surrounded with, with the, the life I live. But it's funny, there is a couple of my best friends from secondary school are coming round on Friday for like a wine and cheese evening before Christmas because I won't see them over Christmas. I won't see them until the new year. And it's one of those things where this week has been really busy. Obviously, we're recording this evening. Christmas party is tomorrow, like Monday, like Monday and Tuesday of this week. We're recording on a Wednesday. It's been really busy. And it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, shit, I have actually got no cheese in the house. Mm -hmm. And there are some people where you would have a situation like that and you would think, this is going to be a disaster. Whereas when you are mm-hmm. surrounding yourself with good people, you're like, I'm going to have to pick up some cheese on Friday. But actually, if they mm. came around and I said, guys, I didn't get a chance to buy cheese, they'd <laughs> mm. be like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which yeah. is the kind of energy. Obviously, we we all love cheese, you guys. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, you know, the kind of energy where people are going to be like, oh, it's not a big deal. Please don't stress. Yeah. We just wanted to see you, wanted to hang out. I don't care if we're eating cheese or not. Yeah, and that's really important to mm-hmm. have that that good energy it going forward. And me. so I'm like 2019 for me, I think has been one of my best years. 
You got married, baby. I got married multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> to the same man. To the same person. No, but it's just been a great year. Like it's no, been of course. painful at times. Like I've had loss this year, but like mm-hmm. I've gained so much just being able to sort of look at myself. I never used to like take time. If something would go wrong, I never really like stopped and really took the time and and thought, oh, what did I do to lead to that situation? Mm-hmm. I do that now and it's a big game changer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's actually, I I mean, I definitely don't do that. So I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, same. It's been really meaningful. Yeah, um, yeah, I do that. And that's like a big game changer. Like I just feel so chilled now because I'm like, oh, I know what I did to lead to that situation and you know i would say that my husband has played like a big role in that because he's like well jules what did you <laughs> what what did you expect what could we have, <laughs> what could we have changed yeah. um, what would we have done differently and it's yeah i was reading oh it was something on linkedin and like this guy had said oh the partner that you choose is like one of the biggest decisions you're going to make and sure. then one of the radical feminists that i follow on linkedin was like stop saying that not everybody wants a partner whatever and i was like well no of course not everybody does want a partner but if you do want a partner and you do end up with a partner and you do choose a partner then making sure that you have got someone that you're aligned with is really important because actually what ultimately should happen when you are with someone who matches you accordingly is that you elevate one another you inspire one another and that partner in a kind of a stereotypical sense might look like a husband or a wife but also if you're single and you're not romantically involved with anyone or you have no interest in being romantically involved with anyone that partner still might exist in the shape of a friend who Mm. also is like go for it yeah you should try this apply for that job go for that qualification i feel everyone needs someone and that person doesn't have to be a romantic relationship so everyone needs a partner everyone needs everyone needs a partner right Mm -hmm. but then i think it's absolutely okay to i think we're we're getting into the zone where it's like a relationship is like passe yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know and it's like "Ah, ah, ah." and it's like no yeah some people want a relationship yeah doesn't have to be a traditional one but like some people want they want well no there was a, a really lovely thing a guy actually shared it on linkedin it kind of went viral i can't remember the guy's name but basically he put up a video being like i'm really lonely i've got no friends like i've got a wife and she's got her friends and i've got children but they've all grown up and they've moved out and i don't have any mates at the moment mm. and that's an embarrassing thing to say and we're not allowed to say it and men in particular aren't allowed to be like oh i'm lonely or i don't have anyone to hang out with yeah and it is it is childish, it's naive to think that we can just exist in a very insular sense. We need interaction, we need physical touch. We need interaction, we need physical touch, we need to be a part of a community, mm-hmm. right? So one of the best books I read this year was um, Johan Harry's book, Lost Connection. And okay. I think you read it too. I was gonna say, is that the same guy who wrote Homer Deus? But now I'm not sure. It's guy. Oh my gosh! No, no, no! Yeah, I did read it. Yeah. I did read it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was for book club. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. So basically, this book is about like lost connections and like how we're in a society today where we don't feel our work is meaningful. We don't have meaningful connections with other people, and this does lead to depression. Mm-hmm. And how sort of having a community, getting into nature, having work that is meaningful can help like combat some of the symptoms around depression. Mm-hmm. And so. I think in terms of like we're in the Christmas season, 
having a chat with maybe an old person who like might be lonely like people are lonely mm. i think we don't realize how lonely people are absolutely like i don't really like realize it because i'm not lonely you know no of course because also but people are lonely people it's, are a, it's lonely a big thing now and you don't realize how much a small interaction can mean to people yeah and seeing someone like having like a meaningful conversation where you it's you know it's it's a genuine because this guy is married but he's like lonely yeah yeah that's it so and yeah it's food for thought if there's also something that you're wondering whether or not you should take into 2020 let it be that find something in your local community whether it's like a reading club or something like that for kids just call your own family like oh oh, yeah (laughs) you don't even have to go so far right i'm sure there's like true there's probably someone a family member or like a friend or like yeah yeah yeah, that's true call your friends before you call a stranger (laughs) call your friends absolutely because i'm sure you've got friends who are like maybe that friend is like feeling a little bit lonely no that's true you know it's um you know it's all quite interesting but yeah, so this is our last episode for 2019. The The podcast has been one of the things I'm most proud of Same. Uh, this year. I actually went to like a women's Christmas lunch last Friday that was just like so empowering and so amazing. And then we had to write down 10 things that we're proud of this year. And you never realize, it's such a good exercise because you that don't realize how much you've achieved in a year. Like if you really just like, Sit with yourself. Sit with yourself. And um, as our host was saying, be kind to yourself. You're going to realize you've done so much this year. And the podcast is one of the things that I wrote. But then even like when I like introduced myself, one of the girls that I met at this lunch, I said, oh, you know who I am, what I do, blah, 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 what my interests are. And then she was like, oh, you didn't mention the podcast. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I actually have a podcast. And so <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was it was really, really nice. So she basically used to listen to my old podcast. And she was oh, like, I right. really love that podcast. I said, well, I've got a new podcast. And she was like, send it to me now. And I and, and, and that was just, you know, because for me, it wasn't, it's not easy to have a project and then your project ends or doesn't work out and then to get up and like start again and everybody always says like like the friends that I have or people that have given me feedback on this podcast really appreciate it Mm -hmm. and I really appreciate you and this podcast for me is like something I'm really proud of yeah no this year is one of my achievements that I'm taking into 2020 no for sure I agree I'm not leaving the podcast in 2019 yeah yeah it's like (laughs) it's been such a pleasure knowing you Juliet and I wish you all the best no I agree and actually I'm going to try this little exercise and actually guys if you want to try this little exercise and I actually mean this it would be really great if you wanted to share with us your things you're proud of your whatever it doesn't have to be 10 maybe 10 feels a little bit overwhelming it does it, to me sitting it here on feels, the sofa it feels it because when she said 10 we were like oh that's a lot mm. right but when you start doing it it's really important to actually write down 10 things because you're going to okay. realize wow i've overcome so much this year i've achieved so much this year i've learned from things that didn't go my way this year mm-hmm. you know you set yourself up like you can't live a life where, and I used to live that life where you just like live like day by day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to like actually take stock of what the hell is going on. That's actually quite cool. No, I would love that. Guys, if you, yeah. when we release this. I challenge you. That's our Jules Phoebe podcast yes. challenge, right? Write down 10 things that you've achieved this year. And by achieve, it means overcome, going outside of your yeah. comfort zone, 
you know, one of the girls was like, I left the toxic relationship this year. Oh, nice. People were saying, talking about like, you know, boundaries that they've set, professional achievements that they've had, just like health, focusing mm-hmm. on their health, their physical health, their mental health. Whatever. I moved house. I I've moved house in one piece. Whatever. I'm trying my best every single day. All of those things are achievements. And I feel it's important to recognize the, the things you've achieved because yeah. no one else is going to do it for you. No, it's true. It is true. And guys, you know what? If you're facing into Christmas and you're thinking, oh, I'm dreading this a bit, what better time to listen to all of our episodes <laughs> all over again? Um, no, but certainly if you do the list, hashtag 10 achievements 2019 okay, or whatever. Okay, you don't need to write 10 achievements, but just at tag us. tag us in it. Tag <laughs> yeah. us in it, please, tag so us, we can see it. Yeah, tag us in it so um, we can see it. That would be really cool. That would be amazing. And please share the podcast with a friend. Yes, please. This that is, is take our that Christmas wish. <laughs> Share the podcast with a friend. And we look forward to speaking to you all again in the new year. But for myself, certainly, I'm wishing you all a lovely Christmas and a prosperous start to 2020. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.